CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes. Healthcare workers are trained to spot potential abuse injuries when children are brought into hospital. But what happens when they get it wrong? Molly Thomas investigates the nightmare scenario of parents who are falsely accused of hurting their own kids. Sunday morning at the Schneider household near Hamilton, Ontario is family time. Right. Good job, Teddy. Young Zoe and Teddy and parents Monica and Brad are building their lives back up. After their world crumbled eight years earlier, Zoe was only 11 weeks old at the time. I was laying her down and her whole like kind of shoulder just kind of like popped into my hand and she screamed right away. What are you thinking when that happened? And I was shocked because you're not supposed to be able to break a baby and nothing had happened. Like there had been no fall, there had been no trauma. The couple rushed Zoe to McMaster Children's Hospital in Hamilton. Monica and Brad were stunned to learn that Zoe had a broken collarbone and also rib fractures. What did they say, Dad? They found some abnormalities and upon further investigation, they found more fractures and, well, basically that was the beginning of a nightmare. Did you have that intuition that something bad was going to happen? We knew there was something up when a social worker and a doctor immediately came to talk to us in a little room. I would have never, ever imagined in my life that I would have been the suspect of a child abuse allegation. Professionals in Canada who work with children are obligated by law to report suspected child abuse. In hospitals or emergency rooms, suspicious cases are often referred to specialized pediatric maltreatment doctors to assess whether there's been abuse or neglect. There are at least 16 units with these physicians across the country. The lead pediatrician said that it looked like our daughter had been thrown against the wall. The amount of force I would take to crush her rib cage the way it was would be equivalent to a person throwing her against the wall. That's strong language. Yeah. McMaster specialists did screen for other possibilities like rare bone diseases. But the pediatricians assessing abuse ultimately determined the fractures were likely caused by non-accidental trauma code for suspected abuse. The Children's Aid Society of Hamilton moved quickly to remove Zoe from her parents' care. Initially, they told us that Zoe was going to be going into foster care. And um, that was devastating because it broke my heart that somebody else was going to be taking care of our baby. But Children's Aid instead chose to have Brad and Monica supervised 24-7 when caring for Zoe. Warning, if their daughter suffered another fracture, they would have no choice but to remove her. Then, on October 30th, 2013, their family doctor found a spinal fracture. The Schneiders refused to take Zoe to McMaster and rushed to a different hospital. 
as a family, we decided that we would just go to the hospital in Toronto, that we would go to sick kids, and if they were going to apprehend her, they could come there and get her. I was literally begging for them to both help us. us. We, Beg both we were both begging tears. We were pleading for them to please help our daughter. A nurse in the Bone Health Clinic squeezed them in. And they said to us, that they were very confident that there was a medical explanation for Zoe's fractures. And they got on the phone with Child Protection Services and they said, please do not apprehend this baby. She needs to be with her mom and dad. Doctors at SickKids later confirmed that Zoe had a rare bone disease called osteogenesis imperfecta, or OI for short, making her bones vulnerable to fractures. Doctors at McMaster, who had first diagnosed her, had missed something. So one of the things that we kept hearing was that if she had a Y, she would have long bone fractures. Right. But then when we look at the letter from SickKids, they discovered a right femur fracture. They saw it in the x-rays that were done at McMaster. Wow. So there's two different doctors looking at the same x-ray and That's they're right. seeing different things. That's right. And there was more. Potential hints of OI in the skull x-rays and genetic tests sent off from McMaster did not identify her rare form of the disease. There was more happening to this little girl than rib fractures. The Schneiders filed a complaint to Ontario's College of Physicians and Surgeons. A committee investigated and raised concerns about the doctor from the maltreatment unit, advising that a prudent physician would have referred Zoe to a physician with greater expertise. The college wouldn't tell us if the doctor was disciplined in any way. When you look back, at this situation and the doctors that were involved, I mean, how would you describe their behavior? Incompetent and arrogant because we asked multiple times, can you consult with a hospital that specializes in OI in Montreal and sick kids as well? And they said no. They said no. In her opinion, there was nothing more to look for. Maltreatment pediatricians ultimately hand off their diagnoses to child protection workers to investigate. But what happens in those cases is hard to track. Ontario is the only province where researchers have recently verified abuse cases flagged in hospitals, and only half have been substantiated. But W5 found families right across the country who claim they were wrongfully accused. Most refused to speak on camera because of the stigma of such an intense accusation. Hundreds of people have gone to jail on what I consider junk science. Philip Millar has worked as both a Crown prosecutor and a defense lawyer on child abuse cases and sees massive problems with how they are handled. Hundreds who will never be recognized because they were just poor families who had a legal aid lawyer who said, plead guilty because there's no way you can win, even though the person would swear that they didn't do it. Right? You have indications of something that happened. You have somebody who said, I didn't do it and then you have a doctor that says, I can't explain these injuries, must be child abuse. The baby can't talk, right? It, it, it's the perfect scenario for wrongful conviction. Millar helped defend and reunite this Ontario father with his family after being ripped apart for three years. I couldn't even call them. And I wasn't there when my daughter did her first steps. I, I just wasn't there. Even though the judge found the father not guilty of assaulting his child, the court refused to lift a publication ban, meaning this family can't be identified and continues to live with the taint of child abuse. We're calling them Ken and Laura.
What happened to your son? I was with him in the bedroom, just held him in my arms. He fell asleep and he suddenly stopped breathing. I mean, uh, just imagine for any parent that would be panic. Well, it, it was a complete terror, uh, like awful shock. In late 2017, they rushed him to a local hospital where doctors treated a seizure, but also found fractures and immediately suspected child abuse. I would understand that if a child ends up in the ER and there's marks everywhere, bruises everywhere, scratches everywhere, injury of the head or something, right? But he had nothing. The medical suspicion was so strong, Children's Aid took away their other kids. That was before their baby was even sent to McMaster Children's Hospital for further tests. They can legally apprehend your child based on a medical diagnosis of fractures without them first running tests to exclude any other medical explanation. Right. That's shocking to me. Again, a McMaster doctor that specializes in assessing abuse got involved, a different one than the Schneiders. Among many things, she found bleeding in the baby's brain and hemorrhages in the right eye. Police came for Ken. And you were charged with aggravated assault. Uh, what were you thinking? I wouldn't expect to be charged because I didn't do anything. I basically spent an evening in a cell. I was interrogated. I was eventually released with absolutely no contact with my children. The doctor's final report pointed out that the baby had experienced significant inflicted trauma to the highest degree of medical certainty. Defense lawyer Philip Millar says that certainty is problematic and makes it hard for medical colleagues to oppose. People can feel they're doing the right thing and they can get over their skis and, and, and become way too certain. Does suspicion in these cases equal confirmation? I think it does, even though nobody would admit it. When a doctor says you uh, abused your kid and we have an x-ray, right, the confirmation bias that flows from that is, is overwhelming. And Children's Aid Society, although they have a good mandate, they can also become very aggressive. Everything down the road goes towards confirming the diagnosis of child abuse. Yet signs of alleged abuse sometimes mimic symptoms of rare medical conditions. That's what three doctors testified about at Ken's trial. Among their medical opinions, the child's fractures showed evidence of a metabolic bone disease, and the brain injury was the result of a stroke that led to seizures. Ken was found not guilty of assaulting his child. The first thing I did was come to my family home. Yeah, that moment was great, and we thought, God, we're, we're out of this. Even with a criminal acquittal, the family argues that their closed children's aid file still says Ken is at risk of maltreating his children. McMaster also refuses to dismiss their original findings. W5 approached McMaster to discuss this case and that of the Schneiders. They refused an on-camera interview citing privacy reasons, but offered this statement. The program uses an interdisciplinary team approach to provide an evidence-based and objective professional clinical evaluation. They insist their team also consults with other medical experts in specialty areas. But this family fought to find another diagnosis and says the damage has already been done. The problem is that even being accused makes you sort of guilty. 
in the eyes of the public, right? Yes. Coming up. His eyes are rolled back and he's gasping. One terrifying moment begins a nightmare. Were doctors wrong here? Absolutely. When W5 continues. In 2013, the Schneiders were accused of child abuse after taking their daughter to McMaster Children's Hospital. The parents had to push for a second medical opinion to keep their child and clear their name. Four years later, these parents had a similar experience at the same hospital. They were cleared in a criminal court with three doctors opposing their original diagnosis. Thousands of kilometers from Canada, in the picturesque pastures of the Longhorns. Where country and blues serenade street corners and big barbecue is king. The all-American, conservative stronghold of Texas is making progressive strides for families. Katy, Texas, 20 minutes outside of Houston. Don't block it. Don't block it, guys. Tim Timmerman is soaking up simple moments with his sons. In the basket. <laughs> Precious time almost <laughs> taken away because of a medical misdiagnosis. Oh, please don't remove what my baby. Please. Does she have? Please don't remove my baby. Okay. Please. That's the voice of Tim's wife, Anne Marie. All she had done was take her four month old Tristan to the hospital because he had a seizure. I remember jumping out of bed and Tim's holding him and his head's he's laid limp. back. He's limp. Tim has his head. His eyes are rolled back and he's gasping. He's, yeah, he's <gasps> struggling to breathe. And I grabbed him and I rushed to the car. I grabbed my car keys and I'm, I'm running out of the house. No nothing. I mean, barefoot with my baby. After being examined locally, Tristan was rushed to one of Houston's pediatric hospitals. A neurosurgeon was one of the first doctors to evaluate Tristan, assuring Tim and Anne Marie that a tiny brain bleed was the result of a birth injury. But a few hours later, a child abuse specialist stepped in to override that assessment. She looked me directly in the eye and she told me that this MRI is gonna prove that he was shaken. So that's when you knew you were suspects. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Emery, did you ever doubt your husband? I could say that for a second, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. The way that they frame it, I can tell you that I didn't know. So the, the medical certainty Absolute was messing certainty. with your yeah. own feeling yes. of what happened. Yeah. The child abuse doctor was confident too, writing, Tristan's hemorrhages represent abusive head trauma. And in this letter, later to Child Protective Services or CPS, stated his injuries were certainly inflicted. Do you have another doctor that had a different opinion? I mean, yes, we is, is the second doctor not listening to the first? No, I mean, she didn't consider his opinion whatsoever. She Nothing. said, she said no. I have everything I need to proceed with taking Tristan. We went from he's dying, he's sick, to relief that he's okay, mm -hmm. we're going home, mm -hmm. to our worst nightmare of he's now being taken. You captured that moment. I'm just gonna play a little bit. 
if that's okay with you folks. I, we would never hurt this baby. Please don't remove my baby. Okay, please. She can always come to court. We have when they have to go to court tomorrow at one thirty. No, please don't. Okay. Please don't remove no, my baby. No, you're not. I can't do that. I'm breastfeeding him. I'm with him all the time. He's, he's my life. He's, he's everything to me. Like my kids are my life. That's powerful. Tim was accused of physical abuse and Marie of neglect. For two months, neither could be left alone with their son. To get their family back together, the Timmermans had to go to court. They eventually found three experts in shaken baby syndrome who all disagreed with the original child abuse doctor's diagnosis and pointed out errors in her report and findings. The Timmermans took their plight all the way to the state capitol. The Senate Committee on Health and Human Services will come to order. And advocated for change. We were labeled child abusers without any due process and became a number in a system that found us guilty until proven innocent. Testimonies like theirs pushed Texas lawmakers to bring forward Senate Bill 1578, which went into effect in September 2021. It allows the court to consider a second medical opinion a second opinion to rebalance a pendulum critics say has swung too far. You have the white coat syndrome. If the doctor says it, then it must be true. Andrew Brown is a distinguished senior fellow in child and family policy at the Texas Public Policy Foundation. He helped push the bill forward. Were doctors wrong here? Absolutely. We have documentation in many of these cases where the doctor is not just saying, I have concerns from a medical standpoint of abuse. The doctor is saying, this child is being abused and you, Child Protective Services, need to remove this child from the home. So you will see CPS caseworkers actually leaning on these doctors to do the job that ultimately is the caseworker's job and is the legal system's job. In the new law, a primary care physician or parents can now trigger a medical second opinion from a specialist in Texas. And the second opinion, I mean, it can't just be from any doctor, right? Right, it has to be from a doctor who specializes in diagnosing and treating an underlying health condition. And that's one of the ways we go about getting rid of the confirmation bias. Yeah, just to have that second set of eyes and not just second set, but a specialized right. second set of eyes. exactly. The new law also highlights unique health conditions which often mimic child abuse symptoms. So doctors know what to look for. Would this new law have helped the Timmerman family? For sure, absolutely would have. Dennis Slate was the Timmerman's lawyer. He is well known in Texas for defending wrongfully accused parents. When medical professionals, doctors, know that one of their peers who is not in their hospital is going to be reviewing their work, that they are a little more careful to make sure that their I's are dotted and T's are crossed. Does it effectively work as a deterrent? I have not had a new client come in and hire me on a uh, broken bone or fractured skull or a medical abuse or any of those other claims since the law went into place. Since and, September, and, and you were saying you were seeing four to five a month. Right. But those second opinions aren't legally mandated in Canada to protect kids like Zoe or her parents. 
and our country has had problems with wrongful convictions involving abuse before. Between 1991 and 2002, Dr. Charles Smith, a now disgraced pediatric pathologist, provided problematic opinions in 20 child deaths where some innocent parents and caregivers were put in jail. The Gouge Report followed and identified the importance of meaningful peer review and doctors not testifying beyond their expertise. We reached out to three pediatric hospitals to ask how their maltreatment teams peer review cases and whether they ask for outside expertise when it comes to child abuse. Only two responded. SickKids told us that all cases of a suspected physical injury are peer reviewed and so are written reports where there's a difference of opinion from a subspecialist or external opinion. McMaster says it consults with other medical experts, including peers at other children's centers. But the families W5 spoke to say they're still falling through the cracks. Oh, this one too. The Schneiders were both diagnosed with PTSD after their ordeal. <laughs> they had to beg to get a second opinion, and only because of that have a diagnosis for young Zoe, who's still battling a rare bone disorder. It was still scary because now we knew. We knew that we had a baby with a chronic medical condition, but we also felt like we could start to get our life back. New kid. He... You have to trust your gut and advocate. Just trust yourself and, and get a second opinion. Even when parents are found not guilty by a criminal court, they can still remain under suspicion by child protection agencies. And that's because they have different standards than the courts and don't rely on the concept of beyond a reasonable doubt. You've been listening to CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes. 